Welcome to Following Jesus Together podcast. I'm Justin Elifros, and today I'm super excited. I'm joined by Ryan Wester, Hello. Grant McCurdy, hey. and Will Reyes. What's up? And uh, today I'm just, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about worship and, and not just worship, yes, at a high level, but also worship in, in worshiping together in kind of some of those smaller settings and mm. why it's important, how we can practically do that. Um, and just as a way of introduction with Grant and Will, you know, these are obviously two men that have the opportunity to lead us corporately um, almost every Sunday. And so Grant, Grant is the director of worship and production. Uh, he's been at TVC for five years, but you were an intern first, that's right? Yeah, that's right. So I I moved to Texas to intern at the Village Church. And yeah, you so, did. Yeah, now I've been here for seven years, and that's the longest I've ever lived in one place yes, anywhere. So I love that. officially Texan. Yeah, but not for actually that long. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, funny, Grant and I were living in the same building. Yeah, uh, up in Ohio when you moved to come to Texas. Mm-hmm. I was the resident director <laughs> at Cedarville University, what and a Grant small was a world. senior. Uh, in his room. He was never there. Don't uh, ask for stories. Yeah, Don't that's talk right. to Justin about <laughs> that he, at all. Did he clear room checks? Uh, no, wow. actually, every time there were fire code issues. <laughs> so. I did have actually the least compliant room in the building yeah. for really good reasons. It was beautiful. Yeah, you didn't have a fireplace, but what did you have? I had a fireplace mantle with a lap, uh, computer screen yeah. playing fireplaces <laughs> most of the time. And I think it was like, if I remember right, it was cardboard etched, like drawn brick on it. There was there was brick paneling recycled from an old youth room on all of our walls. <laughs> Nowhere close to fire code. So worshipful, though. What a great so place to start. Yeah. The yeah. atmosphere was set. That's right. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, and then Will Race <laughs> is uh, one of our worship ministers. And how long have you actually been here, Will? Yeah, so I started going to the village in college uh, at when I was at Dallas Baptist. And so that was 2010. So I've been at the village for 13 years now. Um, I interned here at Flower Mound um, for a couple of years, and that's where I met my wife, actually, Kelly. She was a student's intern, and so we may be the first intern couple to also get married, which is kind of cool. That is quite the title, the whole (laughs) Mm. thing. So, yeah, after we got married, um, I worked just a regular job. We were here, was volunteering, and had an opportunity to come on staff a few years ago. So. Yeah, I uh, I oversee a lot of our like next gen and family ministry um, type worship um, events and 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 venues there. So yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, we think super highly of you guys and the way yes. that you guys lead. And actually, last night we were talking with one of our home group leaders uh, who also serves in worship and just talking. I was asking because he served in other places throughout the years and doing worship and. Uh, I say, hey, what was it? What's it like to serve here? Mm. As a he, he plays guitar here up on stage quite a bit. Uh, what's it like to serve here? And he's like, it's my favorite because, and quote, because of how humble Will and Grant and the rest of the team are. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. they're spirit led, they're humble, and I just always know that there's like a lot of thought that goes in the way that you guys lead and the way that you lead us within worship on Sunday morning. And so uh, that's just, that's who you guys are. And so for literally anybody listening to this, I just want you guys to know that's how we think of you guys. And we're super grateful for you guys being here. Thank you. That's so kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He started out by saying, man, this is the healthiest place I've ever Mm. gotten to volunteer with. That's encouraging. So we hope that you're encouraged in that. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for all that y'all do. We feel spoiled Mm -hmm. to get to be here and be doing it. So we're great. And have just such a deep pool of volunteers who like want to buy in to what we're doing here and 
are just easy to lead to. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I love that. Well, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you guys on the podcast was to talk a little bit more about worship and specifically worshiping together in community. Uh, I think there's something really significant that happens when we worship through song. Obviously, worship is a very broad topic, and we're going to touch on a few of those things. But specifically, worshiping through song together in a smaller setting, there's just, man, there's intimacy. I think there's unity. It breaks down walls. There's a tenderness that happens. And mm-hmm. and I think that it's really crucial. And I think most groups don't do it, mostly because they feel awkward doing it, right? And, but it's or an important they think important somebody aspir- has to know how to play an exactly, instrument to yes. do it. Yeah. You have to have a Grant's voice or a Will's voice to be able to do that. Um, and really in preparation for this podcast, I was uh, I kind of re-listened to, in 2018, we'll put it in the show notes, The Power of Song. Matt, uh, Pastor Matt did a sermon on uh, kind of uh, singing as spiritual warfare. Hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that he talks about in that sermon is that over 400 times mentioned in the Bible, uh, we it's mentioned to sing and really fi- over 50 of them are commands. I mean, Actual as we know, yeah. commands can be obeyed and commands can be disobeyed. You know, mm-hmm. But I think about like Psalm 150 and it's like over and over. It's like praise him with the lyre, praise him with the heart, praise him with your, praise him with your loud voice. Symbols. Like, all the, yeah, <laughs> loud symbols. Our um, BBS song this year. Yeah, Psalm that's, 100. That's right. Mm-hmm. We that's get in right. trouble for the loud symbols. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So reiterate that that's in there. It's in the scripture. It is biblical to have loud uh, symbols. Yeah. But one of the quotes he has in there, it says, there is spiritual power unleashed when the people of God sing. Mm-hmm. And these commands are for us. And God doesn't need us to sing. It's really, it's for us. Like it does something in us. Yeah. And yes. so as we think about worship as a whole, you know, we're going to talk about misconceptions here in a second, but like, what would you guys add to that? You know, as what's a good philosophy around worship, not just worship and song, but how would you guys begin to form that? Yeah, I think anywhere that we're talking about worship, I'm going to want to first jump to the fact that it's about living lives of worship. So that's our goal in everything. And then when you see that 400 times when it's brought up to sing, like that obviously is is tied to lives of worship. So we don't need to disconnect yeah. lives of worship from singing. Yeah. It seems like that's where it begins in scripture. That's what rejuvenates it and restores it and replenishes it in scripture. And even that's that's where it ends. And after the Lord saves the Israelites at the Red Sea, Moses sings a song. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of Revelation, that same song is sung again. And that's beautiful. bookends yeah. for the yeah, Old Testament beautiful. and the New Testament and what God has done to save us mm. and what he will do to save us. And so songs bookend the story of scripture. And so I think they should bookend our lives and fill our lives. That's what we're called to. That's good. Podcast over. We're, we're done. Yeah. 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 There it is. See right you next there. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love, I love like the corporate gathering specifically like when we sing, how it says in uh, Ephesians 5 that we're supposed to address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like there's the the vertical worship that's happening um, where you're, you're praising God for who he is, what he's done, and then you're also preaching the gospel to each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you sing. And I, I don't think that we comprehend that enough, like as we are just in the congregation singing, songs um but like it's important for if, even if you don't have a voice to sing like it's important for you to to preach the gospel to one another to remind each other of who he is and what he's done yeah yeah i would say that what you're talking about has been the most influential and impactful thing for me um in the last few years of just being a disciple that wants to be a lifelong learner um at the previous church that i was at our lead pastor um would talk about um 
and one he also could not sing to save his <laughs> life. <laughs> um, but he always talked about how um, when we come to these gatherings, whether it be in a home, in a small group, in a home group, or on Sunday mornings, we all come with these gifts, right? Like we all come with spiritual gifts that the Lord's given us. But sometimes the greatest gift that you can give is singing for your brothers and sisters that are next to you that can't. Yeah, mm. We've all experienced that Sunday morning where we've shown up and we are just yeah. We don't have anything to give, but you feel that actual encouragement and blessing to your soul when you hear other saints around you singing truth, singing the gospel, singing these powerful lyrics that are rooted in scripture just to remind you, yeah. remind you of what's true and to remember that we're part of the whole body. So when my brothers and sisters are singing, when I can't, I'm singing with them. That's like great. we're in this together. That I so often... I can get self-conscious when we're singing a really joyful song on a Sunday morning. And I know there's people who it's really difficult to express joy right then yeah. because of the circumstances of their life. It's changed my mindset, my framework for that moment to say, okay, in that moment, maybe it's difficult for me to sing a joyful song in this season. And so what I'm actually going to do is contend for joy. I'm going to yeah. acknowledge that this doesn't feel real right now but I want it to. It's so not I'm hypocritical asking, at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm asking for the Spirit to make that more true and through that process, build that up in me. But we get to do that for others mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. We get to, maybe they even they know the things we're going through and we're contending for joy and that gives them a courage to do that in their life as well, mm -hmm. to contend for, to choose, to fight for, to step into a, a greater joy in a, a a broader perspective of what's true because life is difficult right then, but also the joy of our salvation is something we want to be renewed Absolutely. that we always have that doesn't change. And mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing to be reminded of in song. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like, we talk a lot about practice what's preached like this in the home group. And so this is like, this is an opportunity that we do every single week, you know, whether that's on Sunday morning or whether that's in our home group or whatever it might be to like get it into our bodies, you know, yeah. that it's a part of how God has created us to not just say things that are true out there or listen to somebody else lecture about something out there, but it's actually a part of participation yeah. using our gifts, yes, spiritual gifts, but also our voices. Like God has given us, mm -hmm. a part of us is our voice to honor him mm -hmm. and to sing to him. And that's a part of how we are formed into the people of God. Right. And but, even just from a practical standpoint, how like a, a lot of times what's going to stick with somebody during the week may not be like a line from a sermon, but a song, like a melody from a song with gospel truth tied to it. And that's like what's carrying them. Um, and I think that's just, that is just an obvious sign that like it is a gift from the Lord. And like, we're called to do that, to remind ourselves of the gospel. Yeah. Absolutely. So much of what Jesus talks about and spend his time addressing in the New Testament is is the connection between the things that we know. Like yep. he's so often talking to Pharisees who know everything. Like they've memorized more scripture than the best Awana student <laughs> ever in modern America, Sparky. right? They, they, they knew the scripture so well, um, and yet it's disconnected from the rest of their lives. So Matthew 5, 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts They're are far, far from, from me. me. Yeah. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. That like, We're so prone to that. And yeah. that's not to be a discouragement. That's, that's to say, okay, I, I want to address that. Like I know what's true. How do I connect that to my heart? And I think that the connection of, of knowledge and 
heart, the connection of information and affection is is something that worship cultivates within us that the Lord really wants. Yeah. Like the last thing else, like what was coming to mind, Will, when you were talking is like they're like sometimes our emotions and our feelings are like not locked away, but they're just put in like the background. Mm. But somebody brings up a song that I haven't heard mm. in 20 years and it's like, oh my gosh, like that was a really significant moment. Yeah in my <laughs> life and it brings this the emotion back and like it's not just emotion it's like something really meaningful that the lord did or whatever it might be yeah um thinking about those that have uh like dementia they're older like it like they can still remember right. and sing songs mm-hmm. that yeah. they they don't remember other things but they remember that yeah. and it's like man there's just something really powerful about how god has made us yeah. as yeah. humans that those things are like it's again like not locked intricate. away like locked in a box but there, it's in the background. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's very intricate. Yeah. Have you sure. seen Inside Out? Do you remember <laughs> yes. that movie? Yes. Like the at Cedarville, the psychology and <laughs> science there is the so beautiful and yeah, points really to the is, Lord. Yeah. It points to the fact that we are actually wired in this way. Mm-hmm. Our memories are more effectively stored for recall when they're packaged with emotion and experience yep. than if they are just a fact that we've stored away as if we've studied it yeah. mm-hmm. in the academic environment. We hmm. more quickly recall them if they're packaged with emotion, and therefore we believe the Lord has helped, like caused us, built us to learn in this way, and, and more so than just learn, but be formed, formed towards yeah. responding the right way yeah. when something is is learned in this way. Yeah. Yeah, and just on the theme of learning theories, like we all know um, that when you actually have action towards something that you know, so you learn something and then do something that it does, again, just cement that memory. When we talk about worship, we say that it's an act of responding to the goodness of God. Yeah. So that worship, it's not just external, it's internal, but it's both. It's both. It's something that you are recognizing internally and actually expressing outwardly, whether that be through song, like we're talking about now, or through your acts of service or sacrifice that Romans 12 talks about, any of those things, it's both. It's both an act of responding to the goodness and the glory of God. So, so we think about worship, um, and you know, we've talked we, we've talked about a lot, but one of the things that, one of the trails that I want to go down is like, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about mm. worship? And the first one we've kind of touched on a little bit. Uh, it's like, hey, it's only about singing. And that's what, whenever, whenever people think of worship, they just think about singing. We've touched on it here and there about like, hey, it's 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 so much more than that. But what are some, what's some framework that we would put around that in response to that misconception? I I immediately go to, again, the idea of we're, we're called to live lives of worship, um, where the language in Scripture is like we're called to be living sacrifices. I constantly am confessing, oh, I keep crawling off the altar. Like mm. this living sacrifice keeps straying, keeps getting distracted. Um, and so when, we, when we, we make everything that we do about the correct action or just about obedience— we're, we're getting to the product prior th- to actually addressing the source and what should form and lead into that. And so worship is a word we say so often, but then don't have this great, succinct, practical definition for. I like to think of it as my attention and my affection. Mm. So what do I give my mind to, give my attention to? And then what do I just love? And when we start thinking about it that way, like for so many of us, it's, it's NFL football. Like, what do I give my <laughs> yeah, time yeah. to? What has my attention? What has my love? Or it's what, like, 
what products keep being advertised to me on Instagram? Like what, what do those algorithms know gets my attention because I love them? Algorithms figure it out more effectively than I do. Yeah. And so when I start thinking about worship that way, it really quickly seeps into all my life. I can tell, I can tell where my attention is and what I love. And what those algorithms know is that what has your attention and what has your love will get your action. It'll get your your purchase, it'll get your dollars, it'll get your time. Yeah. And so I want my action to go to the Lord and and be obedience, but I want the starting place for that to to flow from he has my attention, he has my affection. I love him, I delight in him. I give him my mind, my body, my strength, my soul, my spirit. He has all those things. They're unified and pointed towards him. And so we believe singing Singing is something that stirs that up and rejuvenates that, but it's not just you must sing. Again, we go back to we can honor him with our lips, but our heart can be far from him. Yeah, so it yeah. has to be more than singing. It also can't be less than singing if we've mentioned it 400 times in yeah, Scripture. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love just always going back to the like simplest form of things. And so, I mean, the, some of the most profound things that I've heard are what we teach our kids in Kids Village and Little Village. And one of those is that God is worthy, that only Mm -hmm. he deserves all the glory. Um, And I just think like, I mean, that, that is the definition of worship for me is like assigning worth to something. And like another way that people have phrased that is worship, which is kind of a funny way to say it. But but yeah, but I mean, it's true. Yeah. I, there's a, he helps with the kids. (laughs) There's a uh, worship leader I follow on Instagram. His name's John Thurlow. I just pulled up a quote and can I read it real quick? Yep, it's absolutely. it's kind of, it's it has to do with that, but he says that worship becomes more about Jesus the more Jesus becomes more precious to us. Mm. Worship is about Jesus, but more specifically, worship is about the worth of Jesus, which means the depth of our worship is dependent on a growing revelation of his worth. We will know his worth more deeply as we sit at his feet, hear his word and behold him. And so I think like, for me, it's just a matter of like, what are we assigning worth to? And if it's not Jesus, then how can we adjust that and ha- ask the Holy Spirit to to do that work and adjust our priorities to where he's the one that we're just sitting at the feet of. We're beholding him. Yeah. We're just delighting in who he is and what he's done. And, um, and yeah, a lot of great theology that we're teaching our mm-hmm. little ones here at the village. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love, Grant, that you keep on talking about attention and affection because um, we all can think of somebody that you've maybe sat next to in church or is a few rows in front of you that is so engaged in the worship, but you know what their Monday through Saturday looked mm-hmm. like. And you've seen no repentance. You've seen like their heart is far from the Lord, but they're singing loudly. They're doing all the things. And I think it just it speaks to a better theology of understanding like, Worship, yes, is singing, but you can sing all the words and be totally zoned out and your heart is not engaged at all. And it's not yeah. touching the actual reality of yeah. who you are and your in your soul that you're embodying. So just remembering that, hey, like it isn't just singing, because even if you know all the words and right. you zone out, that's not actually worship. Yeah. Worship is actually having your attention and your affection focusing yeah. on the value and beauty of who God is. I've heard a lot of people say that like worship starts in the secret place, which yeah. is just like, so whatever your, the the first place it should be is your your 
personal walk with the Lord and then everything else like will stem from that and be like the overflow of that. I think for this conversation, especially man, that speaks to the opportunity there is to worship in a home group. Yeah. Like we, we attend a church where on Sunday morning, the resources are available to us for worship to look like a performance. Like it can be polished. We're, we're, we're capable of making it something at least moderately entertaining, right? You, we're not that good, but it's also, you know, it's it's different than something really raw happening in a living room. And the gift of worshiping in a living room with people who know the details of your everyday life mm-hmm. yeah. and and who who know one another, know the things we're we're struggling with and dealing with and and praying for, pleading for, that makes that setting a spot where it just can't be a performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's gonna be if if you're worried about it being awkward to to worship together in your home group, that's totally reasonable. Because if anybody tries to make it a performance in that setting, <laughs> right. it will be awkward. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I can't imagine though, Grant, that if you're in a home group, that you're not leading that. Right? You're leading it. You've got to be. Man, I love to not have to, <laughs> yeah. but I'm willing to too. He's just like, let's turn on Spotify. Then yeah. what? Yeah. What? <laughs> Grant, type in Grant McCree. Yeah. <laughs> Here are the songs that I've already been auto-tuned on. So let's see. Here's my perfect song. But so I, in a, in a different stage of life, I was a home group leader here at the village. And, and in that setting. Thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry for quitting on you guys Uh-oh. too. Um, but it's shout out life, to the, yeah. the, the other family that's taken over now mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that setting, when we sang together, one of my favorite things about that context was that it was so different than a room of a thousand people. And in yeah. that setting, so different. I'm in the middle of singing a bridge or, or a verse of a song. We're about to start a new lyric, and I am overwhelmed by how specifically it speaks to hmm. what's going on in, in someone's life. And to, to pause there and say, oh, like, I want to pray this lyric for you and for that circumstance. And even, hey, let me pray over you before we then sing this. And and the idea of contending for joy, contending for greater belief that these things are true becomes even more real yeah. when you know the circumstances of the people around you, yeah. that specifically. So that, there are so many ways that that environment has less in its way, less hurdles to overcome in order to be the kind of worship that we're actually called to. There are so many things about a Sunday morning gathering at this size and in this way that can be good and beautiful, can can associate with gospel truth, the dynamic beauty and artistry and creative nature we've been given to carry out as imagers of God but that can get in the way of reality and, and genuine worship before yeah. the Lord. And yeah, so we've talked about like the misconceptions of, you know, it's only about singing. You know, we've obviously really zoomed out and spent a lot of time on there. And, we, and we've already kind of touched on, you know, the second misconception that we wrote down was like, that's only something we do on Sundays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what you just talked about right there, Yeah, I really Grant. spoke to that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is I, th- I think like really practically— uh, we talk about this in the kind of like in evangelism, the missions arm, but it's like you only need 30 seconds of courage. Mm. I think that's true for worship as well. You know, you kind of only need 30 seconds of like the awkward, like we're doing <laughs> yep. this. Yeah. And then like at the end of it, you're like, that was really yeah. sweet and meaningful. And it it does like we just shared an experience and right. uh, mm-hmm. that I think is really important. And 
Um, so anything else that you guys would say kind of about that's only something we do on Sundays or throughout the week or home groups or anything there? I don't know if this is actually at all applicable to what you just said. Yeah. We talked about that it can be awkward. And then just the just to like name the richness that can be there too, because it totally can be awkward. And I think so often about like the amount of unity that's present in yep. like an Irish pub that's chanting <laughs> while they watch a soccer game. It'd be a football match if you're in Ireland, yeah. right? But like the unity and there's no like, it's not awkward. It would that's be good. weird to be the yeah. person yeah, with really arms good. crossed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so my goal in any like context that I'm trying to say is actually communal is to be that united around one thing mm-hmm. that we would that freely share our excitement about it. That undignified. That Mm -hmm. undignified. Yeah. And so there's a lot there. Um, But there's a a beauty to aim for, a a real lack of awkwardness, like a real availability of of vulnerability through music that Mm -hmm. unifies people's voices and unifies people's passions and says, yeah, you can express it this way together. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. There's something special about when you're like not mic'd up and everybody's like, like you're leading, but it's you're actually just like pushing everybody to sing louder than you mm-hmm. are, even. And I think that's that creates a space where it's, oh yeah, we're like this is we're all in this together. This is all of us on an even playing field. Yeah, and like just a great space to just be ourselves and be vulnerable. Yeah, and and so in that setting, I'd say some things to do to undo some of the potential awkwardness would be. Hey, don't choose songs nobody's ever heard in that <laughs> setting. That, that's the toughest setting to do that. Or yeah. if you want to and you're comfortable with this, just set it up well and say, yeah. hey, actually, you guys might not know this at all. I'm going to play it alone. That might be super weird. <laughs> Catch on listen and sing along lyrics. if you want, but also just listen to yeah. these lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. I think they apply so well to so-and-so's circumstance right now, so I'd even love to sing it mm-hmm. over them. If you don't want to sing alone in front of your home group, though, <laughs> choose songs that are known really well, but also in sometimes we think we need this mystery of what's next, but you could also just say, yeah. hey, here are lyric links that I'm going to text out to each of these songs. Just yeah. open them on your iPhone yeah. and yeah. you can just Google the lyrics. If, you, if they know it's coming, anybody can find these lyrics and have them pulled up and we don't need to preserve this mystery of... What are they going to sing? Well, I know the lyrics. And then suddenly a worship leader with their eyes eyes closed is just singing alone for 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. no one can follow. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, On a, again, just more practical note, um, I know we're going to have another podcast about family discipleship um, for you to listen to, but this is something very practical and real. This is something that we have practiced in our home for years now um, is singing the doxology with our kids. Mm. Um, Our first Sunday at um, the village, our kids were like, oh, this is like home. And it was really sweet to us because we end all of our um, gatherings with the doxology. But um, that came from our home group that we started five years ago. Uh, We incorporated kids into the home group, but we would go over the the story that they did in class on Sunday, and then we would end with family worship. All the kids, all the adults in the room would sing the doxology together. Um, And that can just be a really great even starting point for y'all, seeing something that 
is so um, informative for you, even with your experience here at the church, at the village every Sunday. It's something that everybody knows. Like Grant said, do something that everyone knows. But something as simple as the doxology, and just because it's simple and routine for you doesn't make it any less true or worshipful or impactful um, and making that a staple. We did it every single week. Um, every once in a while, we would have like a worship night where we had more songs than that. Mm. But we worshiped every Tuesday night in our house with our kids by just singing the doxology. And kids, um, sometimes we would have them lead it. And it was beautiful. Yeah, It was so beautiful. And it was something that they could actually enter into with us as well. And even if, if you want that to grow into more, what a great place to start. Yeah. If yeah. you're at TVC, we sing that almost a cappella every mm-hmm. week. In, and so In every space that has... Like both of our kids' village venues, they also end worship with doxology, yep. yeah. which is just cool to see the unification there. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we're coming to really practical things that you guys have already named. It's like singing the doxology with the kiddos, um, whether it's getting instruments involved or not, you know, it can be really loud and awesome and all the things. But it could also be just sending out a link. It could be singing the doxology as adults. Like it could be singing something that everybody knows. Uh, another really practical one is like throwing it up on the TV and yeah. like, who's your favorite worship band? And you throw it up in there and you, Crank it up, you know, yeah. crank it up. So Turn nobody feels... the volume up. That's right. I'm you don't want me singing. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> YouTube has so many Absolutely, like yeah. lyric videos too. So you like have both the music and the lyrics there. Yeah. So And we have yeah. some that TVC did. Uh, I don't know how long ago that was, Grant. What would you say? Maybe five, five years, years ago. We yeah. have it linked and on our leader yeah, website gonna, too. Yeah, we have it on the leader website. We're going to put it, that in the show notes as well. And so you can easily find those yeah. things. Um, and then another one would just be to incorporate encounter into your normal home group rhythm. And so that. going and praying and worshiping together, sitting together. Because again, and Grant, you said this really beautifully. It's like man, they know stuff that's going on in my life in ways that the thousands of people that are there don't. And so if we're singing about something or there's a prayer prompt and it really speaks to my situation and a particular season of life, then my group gets to come around me mm-hmm. yeah. and really be my my course for me, for my family. And and I get to do that for them. And so come to Encounter, like be a part of the different spaces that we have already happening uh, at TVC and, and be a part of it. Be a part of the normal rhythm of what it looks like to be a member at, at the village. You know, one of the things that we do is we have uh, in the home group ministry, you know, sometimes, Ryan, we talk about the five elements of a home group, yes. like we created them. We didn't. We just took it from the scriptures, you know, which is great. <laughs> but Bible, prayer, mission, fellowship, and the last one, obviously, being worship. worship. And how we have defined worship is, and it really, it, it plays in really well with what Grant and Will has already talked about for, for us. And how we've defined it is the act of responding to the goodness and glory of God. This can be anything that stirs your affection for the Lord, you know, worshiping together over YouTube or just something that's like in your heart. I mean, this could be, this could be a prophetic word. This could be a word of knowledge. This could be something that the Lord just imparted to you that you are now able to be faithful to extend that to somebody else. Um, and so, you know, for, for us, we, we really think what it means to be a home group is really experiencing all five of these things together and worship being mm-hmm. really, I would say like, you know, even throughout this conversation, the words that keep coming to my mind is like, worship is life. Like worship is disciple. It's, it's just the foundation of like who we are and what yeah. we mm-hmm. do, and yeah. especially framing it the way that we framed it this whole time. So, um, anything else that you guys would want to say to our home group leaders or, uh, anything else that kind of has come to mind? I just love to say like thank you all for for leading in this way. Thank you for providing this kind of space. I think that 
the the church I want to be a part of is one that gathers in those ways and, and one that's worshiping in that kind of space and is not dependent on all the things that we can actually put together for worship on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, but but one that is willing and excited to gather in all the vulnerability and reality of of a home group setting with people that that know one another and and love one another like Jesus did. And that's so good. That's good. I'm just grateful for y'all. I know what it takes to be a home group leader as well. <laughs> I've right. I've been there and again, um, thank you for your service. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but so grateful. So yeah, yeah glad good. to be here. Well, we're we're grateful to have you guys a part of the podcast today. And uh, we hope this has encouraged your heart. And honestly, like it's fun doing these podcasts because it encourages my heart mm-hmm. real time as we're doing it. And Grant and Will, we love you guys and your whole team and just the way that you guys lead and love and and shepherd here. And so we're grateful for you guys and uh, again, yes, grateful for your service, home group leader, yes. uh, and the way that you shepherd and care for the <laughs> You're people. You're the MVP. Mm. That's right. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.